0: Hello. I'm your host Sarah and this is Insane. Welcome to the 7th episode of the Insane podcast. I hope everyone's doing well. Now today I want to discuss the first traumatic experience man ever had, the consequences of which are still felt today. And that is the fall of Adam and Eve from paradise. Now, in the Quran, we're told that Adam and Eve were given one rule, and that was to not eat from the forbidden tree. And this was their only task. And despite the seemingly simple request, they were not able to fulfill it. And in this story, one can learn a lot of things about trauma, the stages of trauma, and then eventual redemption, which I think is quite significant. I think that we experience various degrees of this trauma throughout life in different ways. And the lessons that we can learn from this story, which is in essence where it all begins are quite empowering as we go through life and experience different types of hardship. Now, there's three aspects that I want to highlight. The first one is the role of Satan in this. Now, it's quite potent and clear how conniving Satan can be. Like I said before, the only rule was not to eat from the tree and they could do anything else but shaitan was so powerful and so conniving that he was able to convince them to do that one thing that they weren't supposed to do and the reason why i bring this up is i find a lot of people are reluctant including myself to include Shaitan into narratives of life. How many of us think about Shaitan? Not many. And how much of our time is preoccupied with thinking about Shaitan? Not much. We kind of think that Shaitan belongs to some f- folklore, not really here today. And I think that from a well being perspective, and even life in general, this is quite dangerous. Because according to Islamic philosophy, shaitan is very much present. And he's not only present, he has sworn to be man's enemy. In Islamic philosophy, it describes shaitan as being continuously obsessed with the destruction of man. There is a verse in the Quran that states that shaitan is the enemy to mankind's And God warns, so be on guard against him. And so the fact that we are not aware or refuse to acknowledge that we do have an enemy that is preoccupied with our downfall puts us at a great disadvantage. The ways that shaitan can come between you and your well-being is through, according to the Quran, through whispers That he deceives, that he misleads, that he threatens, that he sows enmity, and that he causes you to forget. Forget that there is more to this world than the seen, that the unseen world is as real as the world that you can see. Your forgetfulness, your unwilling to include shaitan into your narrative of life puts you at a disadvantage. And so I really want to highlight this part and so it's really important to at the very least not get offended or vexed when someone suggests to you that perhaps some of your negativity is from the shaitan a lot of us not only get vexed but actually come to shaitan's defense no it isn't perhaps it is and it's very easy once you acknowledge that perhaps it does have something to do with shaitan, you can just seek refuge in Allah from the shaitan by saying, So I think that's very important because I think this is missing from discourse on well-being. Shaitan is hardly ever mentioned. And when he is mentioned, we like to just quickly get on with it and skip that part. But I urge that you don't and that you do include it when assessing the systems and the processes that you put in place to safeguard your own well-being. The second thing that I want to highlight from the story is that the way Shosan is able to get Adam and Eve to eat from the tree is that he promises that they will be immortal and that they will be angelic. They will have no ability to sin. He promises them these two things and it's clear that he knows that this is their weakness. And we have that today. We fear death. And we fear our own weakness. We have a phobia against being able to sin. We find a lot of anxiety in accepting our weakness and our vulnerabilities. And we try to do anything and everything to kind of cancel that to get rid of those aspects of us, we want to do no wrong, we want to not live in fear of death, but perhaps one should, instead of working against these natural tendencies that exist in man, because it existed in Adam and Eve whilst they were in paradise, so of course it will exist with us whilst we're here on earth. And so rather than working against them and trying to get rid of them or numb them, perhaps one should accept that this is part of being human. Your vulnerability, your weakness, your ability to sin. In this ability to sin, there is also a positive side. Because in this first act of disobedience, there is also an act of free will. You have the freedom To behave as you want to behave they had the freedom to eat from that tree and the concept of free will is important because you can't judge an action to be good or not unless you have the freedom of choice to commit to that action and so this gives purpose and meaning to asking for forgiveness which i'll get to in a second So the lesson of free will is important. Otherwise, if you had no choice, if you had no free will, then it doesn't really count for anything. I think what else is important to point out is that there is a theory within the well-being discourse that you inherit the trauma of your parents. And as we saw in episodes five and six, There is the philosophy in Islam that a negative action can have repercussions far greater than the immediate environment that the action happened, and that negative actions can perpetuate and multiply and affect many, many people. And this is also the case in this story, we have the transgression of Adam and Eve, and then... We have our reality, our subsequent reality of being here on Earth. So in essence, we are a product of that event. And by being here, we share in that event. I hope that makes sense. So perhaps the feelings within us, the feelings of anxiety, of being stressed out by simply living... Of not feeling total feelings of content with being alive all the time. is perhaps a natural disposition that a human has, given the origins of the events that we come from, the events of being removed from heaven. And so perhaps when you do think about your own happiness and success, you should Give that some consideration and perhaps change your notions of being happy to not constantly feeling like you want to sing and dance, but perhaps something more subtle, feeling at peace and feeling content or just feeling okay. Because I think a lot of pressure comes from self doubt when you are feeling a bit low there's a lot of pressure to not feel low. And so to just take some of that pressure away, perhaps it's okay to feel a bit mellow. I'm not saying feeling like dark thoughts, but just feeling mellow and not too hyped up about being alive is probably okay. Perhaps focusing more on feelings of gratitude and feelings of empathy, and kindness, more than just happiness and total joy. And the third and final aspect, forgiveness. Forgiveness is only sought once one admits that one has made a mistake. And for some people, this is very difficult, the admission of making a mistake. But this is the first step to forgiveness and also a first step to healing because you can't deal with the problems that you have or the way that you are looking at the world especially if it's a negative way without actually admitting that there is something wrong in your approach to life and I think it's very much human nature to try and pass that blame on to situation or other people But it's really important, especially for your well-being, that you take ownership of how you feel and of your life, essentially. So taking ownership and admitting that perhaps things need to change for the better within you is a step towards leading a better, more healthier life. And it's the same thing. When we sin, we have to admit that we have transgressed and that we are weak. And then we ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't come without admitting that you've made a mistake. And I really want to explore this whole concept of weakness and vulnerability because I think that they really do get in the way of living a more content, purposeful life. And just one other thing about forgiveness, just as we can see from this story that we have a very merciful, forgiving God, it should also inspire forgiveness from you towards other people. Because forgiveness allows for redemption. This is especially important for the type of society that we live in today. We have something called cancel culture, where we find if a person does a mistake or has made a mistake, and it comes to light, we are to cancel that person out. If he has a position, or she has a position of power, we are to take it away from them. If they are knowledgeable and have contributed to knowledge, we are to nullify all their knowledge. And we completely cancel this person out, push them out and seclude them from our societies. And this is wrong. It is in our nature to make mistakes. Like I said, our significance and the significance of our actions is based on the fact that we are able and can make mistakes. And so we should learn to be more forgiving so that when we show forgiveness to others, we can be forgiving towards ourselves and God hopefully as well will forgive us. And on that note, I pray that God protects you from the conspiracy, the whispers and the plots of the Satan and makes you aware of them. I pray that you are able to come to terms with your weakness and ask God for forgiveness and help to overcome them and I pray that you have the courage to forgive yourself and others and that God forgives you too and so now there's nothing more left to say apart from I'm gonna to have to love you and leave you, do take care. <laughs>